It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is it time to be concerned about Hunter Green? Is Jonathan India in the middle of a sophomore slump? And is Nick Senzel finally the guy we've wanted him to be all along? Also, raise your hand if you had Graham Ashcraft as the best rookie pitcher in the Reds rotation when the season started. I don't see very many hands. We'll discuss all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have been lifelong addicts to this Cincinnati Reds team, and we've been podcasting for uh, going on our fourth season, our first season together, fourth season uh, individually. We've turned an addiction into information for you on today's Locked On Reds podcast that's brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, we are free and available on all platforms so thanks for making us your first listen we are going to talk about some concerns we have with mr green as he's still got a ton of promise we grant that but there is a key change he absolutely needs to make and he really needs to start working on it on his next start then we are going to look into the lineup jonathan indian nixon zell some thoughts about joseph daniel Votto, and graham ashcraft as well because he's pitching tonight and he has looked so phenomenally good this season but steve we've got to start off with the guy that we expected to really take the mantle of ace for this starting rotation and it kind of feels like you know he shows he's still got oodles of talent oodles of promise but there is a key hump that he's just not getting over right now you know i don't know if i ever thought he would be the ace of the staff this season but i did think he would be leading this crop of rookie pitchers and i did think that he would be the guy that went out each start and got a little bit better and continued to to turn the corner or get over the hump as you say uh but that's just simply not happened uh you know if we're talking about who that pitcher is that's graham ashcraft and we'll get into that a little bit later today but for hunter um clearly there is work to be done and and he's not putting it together to the point of people are starting to clamor and you know and not a lot of people but i've seen it people starting to clamor for him to head back down to louisville to work on some things uh and get himself right now i don't know that i agree with that i think he can do that same work right there in cincinnati in that rotation with Derek johnson but clearly there is work to be done and, and he needs to work on that change up the only reason that he shouldn't work on the change up is if wins and losses matter to this team they don't this is a quadruple a team for all intents and purposes this year which it really kind of is a bummer to admit that, but look at where the Reds are in the standings. If we're really going to scrutinize the day in and day out wins and losses, we're going to drive ourselves crazy because there's going to be, especially some games coming up here soon where the Reds play the Mets, the Reds play the Yankees, the Reds play some teams that are just going to sit on them kind of like what the Dodgers did. So we really need to see guys like Hunter green focusing on, development as much as you know competitive and, and going after wins and going after losses I, 
I understand that it's not a game where you can just turn that part off, uh, part of your brain off, but he needs to focus on that changeup. He threw it one time last night. One time. Like we've all said, and, and I think he knows this. I don't think that he is trying to just completely ignore the fact that he needs a third pitch, but he needs a third pitch. And his third pitch that he had been working on in spring training was that changeup. We're not really seeing him work on it here in the regular season. No, and, and you and I have talked about this several times that uh, a major league hitter, you know, you may be able to overpower him the first couple times they see you. You may be able to just blow the ball by them, but eventually they are going to time you up and they are going to figure out what you're doing. And if you don't develop ways to keep the hitter off balance and to make them change what they're doing and get them out of their comfort zone, they are going to beat you like a drum. And that's exactly what is starting to happen because Hunter is not throwing anybody off. They, they know what's coming. And that wasn't necessarily the quintessential struggle of a start, at least so far as what we've seen from Hunter Green this season, because, I mean, you could tell any Reds fan that's watched Hunter Green, he was really good. Okay, he had a lot of strikeouts or he was really bad. Okay, he gave up a lot of home runs. He gave up no home runs in this start. He gave up three earned runs and he just he was throwing so many pitches because it looked like he was trying to kind of hit the corners with his slider and with his fastball and his slider was all right. It wasn't like it's great stuff. He still had a nice whiff rate to it, but that fastball after he got the first strikeout of the game on the first batter of the game, it seemed like guys figured him out and I don't necessarily know. And this is kind of more of a, you know, uh, you and I just kind of yelling at the ether here with this kind of a question, but does he need to add some sort of like deceptiveness to his delivery? Because he's got really good mechanics. We always talk about that, but is it kind of like easy? Like our hitters finding a tick. They're just like, Oh, here, here we go. Okay. That's you see the slider when he does this. You know, I think it's not so much that is just that they they have a 50-50 shot right now of guessing what's coming. He's throwing two pitches and he's throwing them consistently. And for a professional major league hitter, it doesn't take them very long to figure that out and put it together. Uh, I think it really more comes down to him finding ways to to get the hitters off balance and disrupt what they're trying to do. And, and here's part of how this concerns me too. Uh, I've talked several times, Jeff, about how I was impressed with how Hunter Green would take each start and break it down and identify the areas that he thought needed work. And he'd be, he would be very open about those areas. And he would talk about, here's what I did well, here's what I did poorly, here's what I need to work on. And I really haven't heard him talk about this. I really haven't heard him speak to, to why he's not throwing that change up. That's true. And it also makes me wonder as well that Derek Johnson has always said when he when he's talking about, you know, developing pitchers and things like that, he always says, I want them to be great at what they're good at. Well, he's obviously very good at throwing a fastball and very good at throwing a slider. So are they just not focusing on that changeup development? Because honestly, he has the promise. He has the talent. He's got all of the intangibles that we want in a pitcher. He is very even keeled. He knows how to keep his emotions down. And, you know, his last start against the Dodgers, notwithstanding where he yelled at an umpire because he wasn't really happy about his strike zone, but that was really his first outburst. I mean, he hasn't had those. He keeps his emotions in check. He just, he needs that changeup. He just needs the changeup. 
Yeah, absolutely needs that change up. I, you know, at first I, I didn't pay a lot of mind to it when people were, started commenting on, he really needs that third pitch. He needs that third pitch, but it, it has, it has not gotten better and he has not really done anything to, to, to turn that corner. Like I said, a little bit, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, and that's for me, you know, we, we opened this with asking, is it time to be concerned? And I, unfortunately think that it is i think that you know whatever's happening right now is not contributing to his development and his progression uh, as a starter in this rotation i think i need to like make some kind of meter and we can put it on the screen level of concern with these rookie pitchers and i think he's still he's not quite like halfway past or something like that but he's really close to being in the middle of this meter where it's just like yes there's a very there's a key need here and he needs to focus on that. I mean, he's got oodles of talent that is in is undeniable and he still can become the ace that we all know and think that he can be. He just needs to get the change. He just needs to. And you know, honestly, there's a dude on this pitching staff who's looked better than Hunter green. And we're going to get to see him tonight. We'll talk about Graham Ashcraft coming up here in just a minute, but one bat that we've talked about quite a bit and you had a good take on him yesterday we're going to talk about Nick Senzel but there's also two other guys a couple other guys who are starting to kind of fit into a little bit of an interesting I'm not going to say concerning but an interesting groove we're going to break down those bats coming up here in just a moment, and before that, I want to break down for you something that Steve feels very strongly about, and that is the wonders of LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing site. Listen, if as your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is there to help make it easier for you to find the people that you want to talk to faster, and they do it for free. Uh, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hire, hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. They have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free on linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Make sure you are following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button over there as well. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Jeff is going to be joined by Sam Ober, the new uh, host of Locked on Cubs. They're going to do a crossover edition to recap this three-game set in the Windy City that is just wrapping up. Uh, they got another game to play, Jeff, and uh, we've looked at uh, Hunter Green and we've talked about the pitching, but uh, this lineup, there's a lot of, I don't know if uh, puzzlement, uh, exciting in some regards, puzzling in other regards, but there's definitely a lot to talk about with this lineup. 
it almost feels like a grab bag, Steve, especially as you move through the game. Like we noticed it last night, Justin Steele, the Reds were getting guys on base against Justin Steele, but they couldn't do anything with him. It just felt like what for whatever reason, as soon as somebody was on base and they came up and the next guy came up against Justin Steele, they couldn't do anything. And because of that, they ended up losing, which is normally what you do when you get them on, but you can't get them over and get them in. I'll tell you one thing, though. The first something I've noticed, and, and he hit a huge homer the other day. He had a number of RBIs, but that was really his first glimpse of goodness, if you will, because Jonathan India has been going through a sophomore slump. And I know that, yes, there was a period of time where it was, oh, he was hurt for a long time and he comes back and he's got to get into the groove of things. But we're to the point where he needs to be getting into a groove of things. And that groove that he's getting into is a sophomore slump. You know, this was always a danger. Uh, he played, he played so well last year and, and, you know, ultimately became the, the national league rookie of the year, but he, he, even before he got injured, he really didn't look quite like that same player. And, you know, he's balked up just a little bit. Um, he's, he's changed his approach just a little bit. And then he got that injury, which, you know, made him miss a significant amount of time, which I think he's probably still feeling the impacts of. And you, you take all of those things and he's just never quite become that that exciting leadoff hitter uh, that we had in him last season. And it's and it's you know, we talked about are we concerned about Hunter Green? And the answer was yes, we're starting to get concerned about Hunter Green. You know, we ask that same question now. Are we concerned about Jonathan India? And I don't think that my concern level rises quite that high with Jonathan India as it does with, say, a Hunter Green right now. But I am starting to really pay attention to it because he just hasn't quite looked like the same player that he was last year. No, and this is really where he thrived last year. Whenever there was a point of question where you're like, okay, are our pitchers starting to figure this dude out? He made the adjustment and he got better. So this is really where it's like, okay, yes, our level of concern is very low, but it's to the point where we're like, all right, need to make an adjustment here soon or else this meter is going to start to rise. Another guy that I've noticed though, and this is something that you said yesterday on the pod, uh, that I missed. Uh, Nick Senzel has really, he, he's, he started, and, and, and I keep wanting to say it, and I just don't know that I can finally say it. I know that you said it, and I know that you believe it, but I'm still, I need to see more before I can say those words that Nick Senzel turned a corner, but he's looked pretty good here recently. Oh, he's looked better than pretty good. I mean, if you just want to look at his, his, the last month that he's had and, you know, hat tip out to Clay Snowden for, for pointing this out, but look at, look at Senzel's slash line just for the month of June that just completed. It's 284, 344, 309. Now he hasn't hit for a lot of power. He hasn't hit for a lot of extra base hits, but he's been tagging the ball. I mean, he's had some unfortunate breaks, uh, singles that should have been doubles, but the runner in front of him slowed him down. Uh, balls that just, barely missed clearing the wall for home runs, uh, but that were really hit that were barreled. So, you know, I think that from a, a player standpoint, Nick Senzel might finally be becoming that guy that we always thought that he was. And is it a small sample size? Is it early to say that? Maybe, but we've been, we've been waiting for Nick Senzel to show us a, a glimpse of, of being uh, a long-term fixture on this Cincinnati Reds team. And, and the way that he's played this last month is the way that we need him to play on a regular basis moving forward to continue to be relevant 
and in that conversation as we look towards 2023 and 2024. I think that he is finally showing us uh, the player that he can be. It's interesting to note his expected statistics say that his batting average should be, you know, a tick up from where it currently is on the season. So I'd be interested to see how that continues to develop. I'd like to see more. His average exit velocity is still a little bit low. I'd like to see that tick up a bit. But overall, I, I'm with you. I'm starting to think. I, I'm going to need a little bit more convincing because I was super optimistic about him early on in his career, and I feel like I got burned a little bit. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll tell you one thing, though, and, and this is something that – I don't know that I've avoided talking about, but I just, I don't know. I like talking about good things when it comes to Joseph Daniel Votto. But I'll tell you this, from the good angle, dude can hit a double. Dude is killing doubles. That's something that he's always done throughout his entire career. But it just feels like that that's sort of his ceiling right now is a multi-double game. Am I being too harsh there? No, the power hasn't quite been there. And, you know, he's been able to get the ball into the gaps. He's been able to beat the shift a few times, uh, but he really hasn't been able to just elevate that ball and drive it out of the ballpark like we saw him do last season. And I think some of that could be attributed to the fact that he's just not getting as many pitches to hit. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. He's surrounded a lot of times with, you know, players that we couldn't even call four A players. You know, they're barely triple A players and they've been put in the major league lineup because of all these injuries. So I think that to, to some some respect, you know, Joey Votto hasn't had someone to protect him and get him some pitches to hit. And I think that that really does factor into to his ability to, to drive the ball out and hit home runs. But, you know, I mean, let's face it. If, if, if Joey Votto continues to be the player that he is right now, I mean, that's pretty much kind of in line with what you would expect from a player his age. I mean, I know we want him to be the ageless wonder. And if Joey says he's going to do it, we believe in him. But, you know, as we've heard many times, father time is undefeated. And I think that, I think that, you know, this could be part of that. The power may have dried up a little bit. It felt like last year for most of the season, we were able to kind of scoff at that saying and be like, ha, father time isn't undefeated when it comes to Joey Votto. But I think you might be right. There also might be a little bit, and, and this is probably, again, Reds fan yells at cloud, but maybe a little bit of dead ball stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, there's been a, a number of his long fly balls that have fallen at the warning track. But again, the dead ball is for everybody. It's not, it's not as if they're picking out a special baseball to throw to Mr. Rob Jones. Manfred uh, has assured me that Major League Baseball has not messed with the baseball, and Rob would never uh, lie to us. I think I saw on Zillow. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I tried. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even do it. I think I saw on Zillow earlier that Rob Manfred's selling some oceanfront property in Arizona. Okay. We, we might have to look at that. Um, no, yeah. One other dude, though. I, we got to talk about this guy, uh, Brandon Drury. He just continues to impress. I mean, and I know it sucks to talk about a guy in terms of trade value, but that's where we are in this, this trade season. It's hug watch so season. So high. So high on this dude. I mean, we're talking about, yes, there are some huge trades in the Reds' future that they need to hit on Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. But remember, some of the biggest trades that they hit on, Alfredo Simon, Dan Straley, like guys that you were not expecting. And that's where they hit big on. Brandon Drury could be part of that. I'm not expecting 
Brandon Drury to bring back the kind of guy that's going to change the fortunes of this franchise. But you never know because everybody's got to be looking at this dude right now in the trade market like he's a good bat. We, I mean, the, the Phillies just lost Bryce Harper, who had been DHing. It's not as if we're talking about Brandon Drury would have to play outfield in Philadelphia. He would be DHing. I think that that is a, a call that Nick Crawl hopefully should be fielding. I, I don't necessarily know. I feel like this is is trade season. Do you think kind of like when you're trying to ask a girl out on the date, like the girl's not really supposed to call the guy, or is that too old school here when it comes to trade season? No, Nick Nick Crawl should be calling up everybody in the league, <laughs> and if they're not calling him, he should be calling them. Listen, Brandon Drury right now is hitting two seventy nine as far as batting average goes, leads the team with 16 home runs, and he's going to be, barring an injury, he's going to be the Reds' representative in the All-Star game. He's going to sure. be an All-Star. Mm. If they don't trade him immediately after the All-Star break, it's downright criminal. Trade him now. Sell high bring in some return uh, the reds have been terrible at this you know they talk about trying to do things differently and they try they talk about trying to turn a corner and and operate under a new model that's the first thing they can do to show me they're serious about it they can trade players regardless of how popular they might be right now when they're at their highest value and get a big return that will tell me they're actually trying to do something different and you know, when it comes to this lineup, there there have been a lot of questions, uh, a lot more questions than answers here recently. And I think a lot of that is attributed to not having their big bopper in the middle, Tyler Stevenson. He took batting practice the other day, which was really encouraging to see. <sighs> Come back soon, Tyler. We it is you. a it is a whole different team when he is not in the lineup. But uh, the, just the the difference he makes, not only behind the plate, managing the the pitching staff and and playing a good defensive catcher, but you know, like you said, big bopper in the middle. You know, you put him in that four hole. Suddenly, Joey Votto is getting pitches to hit. Suddenly, you know, people are tiptoeing around Tyler Stevenson, and other guys are able to contribute. And it just, it rubs off on everybody. That type of success then, you know, com becomes a little catchy and everybody starts doing things differently and playing better. He just, he really changes the whole attitude of this team when he's in the lineup. And he's, he's just a stabilizing presence. I can't wait to have him back. You know, we've got a stabilizing presence on the mountain. tonight. We're going to ask a question of Graham Ashcraft that I don't think we were going to ask early on in the season. Plus, I got a prop bet for you on Graham Ashcraft tonight that you're not going to want to miss. But a lot of Reds players are what the back of their baseball card says they are. And if you want to find out how much that baseball card is worth, head on over to the Sports Card Investor app. We're talking about the completely free to download, whether you're looking at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Plus, they've got a website that you can use on your desktop as well. Head on over to the Sports Card Investor app or website to check out great values on some baseball cards. I know I've got a um, card that I thought was going to have a little bit more value than it has had this season. Vladimir Gutierrez. Goody, the value is not really Goody right now on Sports Card Investor for him, but you can check the seven-day values, the 30-day values. They show you how the market moves on a particular card. Plus, it helps you get a good deal. If you're looking to complete your collection, if you want to go find some awesome rookies, you want to look up a Graham Ashcraft rookie card, Sports Card Investor app is going to help you do that. Go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on today 
to find the direct link to the app for your phone. That's sportscardinvestorapp.com slash locked on. The Sports Card Investor app is going to help you get into the sports card world. It, or if you're a hardened collector, you're going to be able to take advantage of market trends because they have over 630,000 cards from every sport. We're not even just talking about baseball here. If you're looking for that Joe Burrow rookie card that right now those are just on fire because the Bengals are awesome. And I can't wait for the season, Steve. But you can check out Joe Burrow cards on the Sports Card Investor app today, as well as uh, some awesome Reds rookie cards. Go download it. Find it at sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. That's sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Also, and, and Look, if you want a great sports car, go there. If you want a great info on your next bet, head on over to betonline.net. Tonight, Graham Ashcraft, this isn't really the prop that I was talking about, but Graham Ashcraft and the Reds are plus 108 on the money line. Underdogs against Kyle Hendricks. The ageless wonder. Huge dichotomy here between the two pitchers. <clears throat> I like that money line taking plus 108 on the Reds. And if you want to do so as well, head on over to betonline.net. They've got all the props, odds, and lines that you're looking for, whether you're talking about the Major League Baseball season, the NFL, or NBA offseason. Free agency for the NBA starts at 6 p.m. tonight, Steve. I'm sure that you're going to be watching every second of it. Plus, the Bet Online has all the details that you need to make your next great futures bet. And Saturday, massive, massive UFC card. Izzy! Izzy Adesanya's back in the ring. Plus, you've got Alexander Volkanovsky fighting as well. Check it all out. BetOnline.net on your desktop or mobile device today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. As you see on YouTube right here, you can see our handles at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and the show handle's not on here, but at Locked on Reds. You can follow us all on Twitter and get our daily takes in the moment stuff during the game as we watch this finale tonight with the Cubs and Reds. Graham Ashcraft on the mound. He has been phenomenal. And you know, we've been saying it all show. We're going to ask it. Has Graham Ashcraft been the best rookie pitcher on this team? Absolutely. Without question. Uh, you know, he's been healthy. He's been consistent. He has made improvements where they've needed to be made. Uh, and that puts him in front of the other two guys. Nick Lodolo has been battling injury and Hunter Green has been battling turning the corner as we talked about in the the opening segment jeff so i think that uh i think that graham ashcraft you know has been the the great rookie surprise you know connor overton may have been a little bit bigger of a shocker uh, <laughs> in how he performed when he first came up but uh for being a model of consistency and continuing to improve and and becoming a guy that you can really kind of rely on when it's his turn in the rotation. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is the man. Yeah, he has had a very nice season so far. And again, you know, small sample size first year, but he has looked phenomenal. Now I will point this out though, because his first three starts, he gave up a total of three earned runs in his last three starts. He's given up a total of 12 earned runs. 
maybe guys who figured him out, but hey, baseball is a game of adjustment and Graham Ashcraft is going to continue to adjust tonight because actually his last start out was a pretty good adjustment. Steve's eight innings at Oracle Park against the Giants and he looked absolutely phenomenal. I got a good feeling about him against this overly aggressive Cubs lineup tonight. You know, I think I agree with that. You know, we talked about how uh, the Cubs kind of like to get up there and hack. And I think that Graham Ashcraft can take advantage of that. Uh, he's going to be able to to mix it up a little bit, keep them off balance and, you know, put his team in a position to win. I mean, granted, uh, you know, as we reviewed with the lineup, it's not a guarantee. And, you know, hopefully Graham can pitch, you know every single inning so that the bullpen doesn't come into the game at all. But, but no, I, I think that it, this is a, this is a game where uh, the red should be able to, to pull it out. They should be able to win it. And Graham Ashcraft should be able to overpower this Cubs lineup. Yeah. And where we talk about the deficiencies with Hunter green needing a third pitch, Graham Ashcraft has plenty of pitches at his disposal. Now he just, he mainly throws that uh, cut fastball and that change, and then he mixes in the slider, but he can drop in a couple of other ones on the Cubs hitters as well. But that cut, that cut fastball, man, is so pretty, so pretty touching a hundred miles an hour and moving like it does. That's the kind of thing that you can really build a pitch repertoire around. And you know, because of the way that he pitches. I mentioned the struggles in the last three with 12 earned runs. However, he still maintains only two walks in the last three starts, two total walks. We're talking about a dude that pounds that strikes. And we, there's guys that we look at and we say, man, I wish they'd stop nibbling, man. I wish they'd stop trying to pitch around hitters. Graham Ashcraft doesn't have time for that, man. He goes right after dudes. And I think that he's been a little bit unlucky in those 12 earned runs because in the last three games, his BABIP against him. Yes. Everybody's favorite stat BABIP batting average on balls and play has been 333. So he's getting a little bit unlucky there. I think that um, it, it definitely shows that hitters are adjusting, but Graham Ashcraft's going to adjust too. Well, and I think that, you know, even through the last three starts where he has had some challenges, he has never really looked very rattled and he has never really looked like his confidence was shaken. And I think that that's an important thing to consider here. You know, we are talking about a rookie pitcher that's really still learning how to face this league. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's worked hard to get here. This is a goal he's had all his life, but being in that moment and, and having to actually do the thing is really a challenge and it's a, an ever evolving challenge. And I have been, I have been very pleasantly surprised with how he has continued to go out there and, and make the small adjustments and make the small changes in his game to continue to uh, improve and to continue to get better. You know, something that he doesn't, do a lot of, and it's not necessarily, this isn't a um, complaint or, you know, a point of concern when it comes to Graham Ashcraft. It's just his pitching profile. He does a good job of inducing a lot of ground balls. He doesn't strike guys out a whole lot, but I noticed something, Steve, and I teased this a little bit ago, that there's a prop bet tonight that I'm interested, and that's Graham Ashcraft's over-under on strikeouts, because it's set at four and a half. I, I think five strikeouts is a very easy expectation for him. I'm not going to say that he's going to do what Luis Castillo did the other night and did 11, which, by the way, I remember we mentioned 11, and we kind of said, okay, if you really want to go that far, you can bet on 11. That would have been crazy if we did that. We should have done but, that. Yeah, we should. That was plus 18. It was plus 1,820. 
I mean, we want to make some money on that. But tonight, plus or um, over four and a half strikeouts, the VIG on that is plus 100. So you bet 10, you'll get 10. I think he strikes out five. I think it's a prop bet you should take tonight. Plus, that's not, you know, he doesn't have to rely on his defense to get strikeouts because we all know what happens when you rely on the Reds' defense. Yeah, nobody wins. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. You know what, Steve? I think the Reds are going to win, though, tonight. And I think Graham Ashcraft's going to be a huge reason for it because he is adjusting to major league hitters, adjusting to him, and he's pretty good at doing it. And we're going to adjust right now. And we're going to end. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to today's Locked On Reds podcast. If this is your first time, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and hit the uh, little bell so you get notified whenever we uh, premiere a new video or something like that. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for you, whether you're talking about Steve talking to minor leaguers or different broadcasters, whether you're talking about me eating some fry box and recording myself doing it. Uh, that's coming. It, it, it's coming. But there's lots of great stuff on the YouTube channel now. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen, by the way. Now make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen because Lindsey Crosby has a bead on the stars of tomorrow, and he is keeping you up to date on all things MLB draft as we approach the draft day. That's Locked On MLB Prospects, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, Hunter Green needs to change up. Graham Ashcraft is pitching pretty well. But hitters are starting to adjust. And the lineup is just something. What does that mean for us? That means we have a lot of things to pay attention to. We are going to be watching every single inning of every single game. And you can tune in right back here because we are going to be locked on Reds every single day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.